welcome to Adopt Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we are talking about the His Dark Materials TV series on BBC and HBO. Beware, these episodes are not spoiler free and will contain spoilers for the original HDM trilogy. So if you haven't read them all, pop back when you're all caught up. This week, we are discussing season three, episode three, The Intention Craft. New Year. We are starting our year as we mean to go on. Podcasting in our pajamas yep. is the first of the first, 2023. Yeah, and yeah, they say what you do on that first day of the year is uh, an indication of the rest of the year. So hopefully, it's going to be a very podcasty year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I feel like first and foremost, we have to offer our sincerest apologies to one Miss Simone Kirby for completely missing her out of the last episode. Oh my God. I had notes about her. Me too. You know, I'm going to say our excuse is she's so good. She doesn't even need mentioning. It's just obvious that she's astounding and shouldn't even need to tell everyone about how great she is because they should already know (laughs) exactly i agree that is our excuse i will say i think the main things i wanted to mention about mary last episode number one wherever she goes she just makes new friends and just her openness and loveliness she's oh it's just so lovely to see and it was interesting that we get the perspective of how the temple treats women with the Mm -hmm. two girls that she's with and I'm also obsessed with how she said, oh, go on, so. Yes. I love it. I love it. So good. Uh, yeah, that conversation was a really lovely little scene in the first episode. And unfortunately, this episode, we don't actually get any lines from Simone. No. We just get Mary on her journey. Mm-hmm. So, and we get to, you know, the only scenes we drop in with her this episode with are travelling ones. So we... It was we really we really did a good by forgetting to uh, mention that one last episode. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did. Uh, we're so sorry, Simone. So uh, sorry, but yeah, I mean, do we have anything before we get into this episode? Do we have anything that we want to say apart from Happy New Year? And I guess I hope everyone had an enjoyable festive period. Yeah, I think that's it. Really, yeah, Happy New Happy New Year. I hope you're enjoying the TV series. We realise that it's a very unusual airing system, so mm. we hope that you keep up with us as we continue to steadily go forward mm-hmm. and just do a nice little weekly weekly schedule alongside the BBC air dates. Yes. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we obviously, we love to hear your thoughts, so if you're speedy enough upon listening to episodes, you might just catch us with an email before we record an episode and have your thoughts included if they're relevant. Uh, if you have binged the whole thing and have thoughts and True. feelings. Uh, True. However, we are trying to get ahead of ourselves and record in advance. So, yeah. We are very sporadic with when we record yeah. these episodes. It'd be lovely to do a New Year's mailbag, though. So if you found the podcast because you've been watching season three and you wanted someone to chat to about it, let us know because mm. I would love that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Email us, her.materialspod at gmail.com. We love bloody love an email. We've not said the catchphrase in so long. We bloody love an email. We bloody love an email. <laughs> we do. We do. Please excuse me this episode. I've got the remnants of a cough, so... Oh, boy. Hopefully Faye can edit them all out, but if she can't, you're welcome. You're editing this episode, <laughs> bitch, so you'll be... <laughs> if I can't, I'm welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we get into it straight away, just straight off the bat? We shall. Okay. So, I think, in my notes, the first the first group of people that I have to talk about, Lyra and Will. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. That there's, is. There's a lot of uh, different areas of tension with Lyra and Will, and one of them is very different than what we get in the books and it is that will is not on board with going to land of the dead but lyra obviously wants to go and in the book he's like fully on board with it from day one and Mm. i think we discussed a little bit before about whether that decision was because we don't get much of the galavespians we don't have we have Sally, but we don't have Tally, and Sally's not even really in it that much. And they provided that tension about the back and forth about whether they should go or not. So maybe they just needed that and they decided to give it to Will. Yeah, I think we needed something in there to kind of remind us that the mission that Joppery left Will mm. with was to take the knife to Asriel. And if it's only coming from people that Asriel has sent that he needs to go there, then maybe it loses some of its impact when he decides not to. Mm. So True. I think it is nice. To, and it's nice to see Daphne and Amir acting in a way that you do get to see them act out like a little bit of conflict between Lyra and Will, because otherwise they do just very much go along with each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is quite, while it is quite different to the books, I think it gave Daphne and Amir something more to work with to give that conflict to Will, which yeah. is quite interesting. For sure. And I do think it makes sense because they're also navigating these, like, they're different with each other and they call it out. They say, Mm. like, they both say, like, you're different. You seem different. You seem different. They've got this different energy between them and they obviously haven't realised exactly what it is yet. So maybe this, like, argumentative tension is part of them trying to figure out what it is that's changed between them. Yeah, and because they have been apart for some time, it Mm -hmm. has been established that it isn't just a matter of weeks that Lyra's been held asleep for it is quite some time mm-hmm. time enough for Amir to have grown a beard and had to shave it off <laughs> so then maybe that's part of why he's so different it's like you look like you could have the capacity to grow a beard now yes yeah <laughs> um and yeah so I think a lot of the tension there is them like ex- exploring that what's I'm a bit scared that you might not want to be my friend anymore after mm-hmm. all this time kind of thing yeah and Lyra's clearly got you know some beef with will about leaving her for so long because she says to him where were you like what Mm. happened why weren't you there um so yeah there's definitely so many like feelings flying between them yeah we kind of kick off the episode with like a little a little flashback to the dream sequence like lyra's Mm. re-dreaming some of her roger dreams in the land of the dead and um then there's this really rude moment that they put in where um Lyra's kind of discussing that with Pan and he's like, it doesn't matter, whatever happens, we'll be together. And I'm like, how dare you write that line? How dare you? My note on that is just lol, 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 lol. (laughs) Cool, yeah, Just cry face. Yeah, love that, thank you, love it. Um, But I guess like with Lyra and Pan, there's also a tension between them. 
there's a lot of tension flying around like pan is kind of telling lyra off for being so argumentative with will um you can tell that there's when she's like you're not always always right you know it's like Mm. (gasps) rude yeah even in that first scene with him where he says wherever we go we'll be together there's still tension there that you can sense before he like crawls on her shoulder and says that it Mm. seems like lyra's much more disinterested in him yeah which is strange and also we get the shot of pan on the jetty and pan is in his pine martin form which Mm. probably means that he's not going to be a sad puppy so sad. Mm-hmm. I um, yeah. I do wish we had a little bit more Lyra and Pan niceness in this yes. episode. She's quite harsh to him, and I wonder if again it's because every time, like, there was a moment in one of the first two episodes where Lyra wakes up and Pan says, "Where are you going when you fall asleep? I can't dream with you. I can't come with you." Mm-hmm. And I wonder if again it's that they've had that little separation moment there of like Pan's been awake when she's been asleep. Yeah, they've not been together in her dreams they've not been awake at the same time Mm -hmm. in real life so like maybe they're also feeling a similar level of like awkwardness of like how are we adjusting to being awake again yeah no i think that makes sense i so like i guess still on lyra and will moving forward to when they go and find yorick to fix the knife i love that they give space for lyra's trauma about what coulter did to her because I feel that could be like very easily brushed over. It's a very like fairy tale esque thing for like a mother to be keeping a child asleep, and no fairy tale ever delves into like the traumatic experience that, that actually is for the child. And I think that giving Lyra that moment where she's like staring at the bed, and also when she says, "I've not been held before," it oh my pr- breaks my heart. Heartbreaking. I love that they gave her that the mm-hmm. Lyra kind of forcing herself to revisit that cottage so that it doesn't like hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, power over her or so to like revisit the memories and like the strength there like when mm-hmm. Will's like we don't have to go you know and he looks up and she's just gone yeah and it cuts to her just yeah staring at the room and it's yeah. like yeah yeah it's, it's so much mm-hmm. why can't you just have good parents Lyra poor poor girl I know I know <laughs> but again so. Daphne does such a good job with that I was some like good acting moments from her there yeah for sure for sure i just to skip right to the end while we're on lyra and will i love the will like flicking through the worlds with a knife like it's a filofax trying to find the land of the the dead yeah when he hits the one that he can't do yeah Yeah. i find that really satisfying yeah me too it's like we do cut there's a whole section of the book that kind of gets cut by will being able to just find the right way Mm -hmm. to go for the world of the dead first and it does make sense because it's not uh, super vital to the plot, I guess, to have that section where they go and they find the man that's been murdered mm. with his horse and they like cut through yeah. into a world that's like identical to the world they just mm-hmm. stepped through, but everyone's dead and there's ghosts. Like that is a really cool moment in the books, but I can see why they didn't do it. But I do wish there was a bit more resistance and he hadn't just kind of found it on the first try by feel. Yeah, and I guess we do also miss, which again, I see why they did it, because uh, we almost got, we got like a very, like quite a few pages of Will learning more how to use a knife as well and mm. like learning for the fields of different worlds and, you know, all that kind of stuff that we got in the book that we don't get in the show which would have then made more sense for him to be able to just find the land of the dead because he'd been like practicing um yeah. 
But obviously I understand why they didn't put that in the TV show because it's not exactly... It's not super interesting, is it? Do you know what I mean? We, you, you can suspend your disbelief to just assume that he's been practising. Yeah, because I guess he has cut through lots of different worlds in that little first little montage when he's just looking for Lyra. Yeah. And so lots of growing and learning. Um, while we're still on Will and Lyra's little storyline through, mm-hmm. we see that they ditch Sally when she mm-hmm. gets super pissed off with him because she finds out the knife is broken and there's this weird, like bit where i couldn't work out if it took me out of it or not but when sally's like flying at them they're like oh a wasp is attacking us and i was like that's the one bit where i was like oh they just didn't i guess it's there's no puppets for that are there it's just yeah. cg oh no oh no um, yeah, yeah yeah i get it and that bit felt so random again because we don't get to actually get to know sally mm-hmm. it is just well, she's just flown off the handle and she's mad at them. And then Asriel just calls her back and she's like, all right, bye. Yeah. And that's it. And then we just get to go and hang out with Yorick. And it's like, okay, I guess that was Sally then. Yeah. Bye, Galavespians. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, again, it makes sense. I can understand why you would cut them for budget reasons and for giving other people the lines and stuff. But it just, I was trying to figure out if they'd have cut Sally entirely is the only reason she was still hanging around so that Asriel could have a bit of communication with finding out what's going on with them yeah. and so that someone was there to paralyse Coulter in the awkward standoff mm-hmm. in the last episode. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. Sally doesn't do anything. Yeah, I was literally thinking the same, like, could they have just cut the Galavespians completely or at least Tally and Sally? Because, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. I think that if we didn't have Sally then Asriel wouldn't then learn that Coulter had been lying to him about the knife and all that kind of shit. So we did need someone there, I guess. But I think because they've used a character that's so intrinsic to the book that then when they use them a tiny bit, you're just a bit like, well, why did you put them in the first place? You know what I mean? Whether it like, because they're so important in the book. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting one. And we get to have... When we do leave Sally and go and find Yorick, which is great, he has his whole lovely grumbly conversation about how he hates the knife and Mm -hmm. he doesn't trust it. Lyra lies to him about what the alethiometer said, or Mm -hmm. he thinks that she's lied to him, that's for sure. And then we get to have Will's scrunchy, scrunchy, I'm putting a knife together constipation face, because anytime anyone ever asks someone to just use the force to do something that's the face they're gonna pull (laughs) for sure so i would like to give props to amir's face in these scenes because Mm -hmm. i think he does a really good job i am a little bit what's the word i'm trying to think of when he realizes that he has to focus on something good and he focuses on lyra if a man looked at me like that oh my god he's so like it's like evil eyes. Yeah, I would so distance myself from that man immediately <laughs> if a man looked at me like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we love to see Yorick. We love to see the Lyra and Berdard reunion, especially when she's like sat against him with the alethiometer, which is obviously a callback to season one. Yeah. I also love that Pan is always seems to be an Arctic fox when Yorick's around, which is really cute. Because he wants to be one of the boys. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, oh, also, I did see, so when we see the broken knife, I did see an interesting post from... Yes, so Michael Van Kesteren, I hope I'm saying that right, designed and made the knife for the show. Um, and he posted... He also designed and made the alethiometer. 
which makes a lot of sense. He posted a picture of the mended knife and he said, Another of my contributions to his dark materials, I got to revisit Asahetra, first breaking it, then reforging it. To create the pattern the blade shatters into, I sampled Will's mother's voice from season one where she comes to find him when he's boxing. I took the moment she says William and put a crack along the blade where the waveform spiked. The blade is literally broken when he thinks of his mother that way. Most of the season three blades were refitted season two knives. We had more blades. CNC'd? I don't know what that means. Um, it's a type of machine. That, okay. um, it's like a, like a mill kind of machine. Right. A, a cutter. Cool. So it says we had more blades CNC'd and I 3D sculpted new burnt inlays for it. The blades were actually cut and repaired so that the pieces would layer together slightly imperfectly. Mm, it's cool. They're especially using... really cool. The like, waveform of uh, Will's mum's voice to create the like cracks in the knife. That's How yeah. cool is that? It just goes to show nerds make the best props. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so great. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so one thing that we said to each other when we first watched this episode, I don't think, I wouldn't say it clunked, that's not the right word, that it felt a bit strange when we got the like tiny little montage of the knife being rebuilt really close up where you see it being like, you know, forged and mm-hmm. then like it's back to the like Lord of the Rings intro we had at the beginning of season two kind of yeah that energy. <laughs> and I think obviously they've done it so that we they didn't have to like animate Yorick doing it mm-hmm. because I think that would have I think and we're gonna ask Russell about this, but personally I think that he'll tell us that it's similar to the goose. That it would have mm. just looked a bit silly, which I kind of agree with. Um it's yeah you can picture it in your head in theory and then in practice it's probably really really difficult and expensive to animate a bear massively bashing something with a rock yes yeah for sure for sure um i do kind of miss the like lyra feeling a bit lost and being really ha- trying to be helpful and like going and collecting the the mm-hmm. pine branches that they were using to like build the fire and the practical element of building the fire hot and stuff mm-hmm. like I think that could have been really cool, but also just using the force to mend it, it was, it was fine. Yeah. It makes sense. Sure. I mean, it's nicer to, it's more of a nice visual to have Will drawing the knife together himself and then Yorick like sealing it mm-hmm. than it is trying to, I guess, visualize Will just holding it still in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how it goes in the book. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But yeah, they're like, um, fast cuts of Daphne when he's like concentrating and then yeah all the little forge- forging I was about to say forgery scenes but that's like a different activity isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> the forging scene is um yeah I mean it works mm. it's nice that Will just passed out and he wakes up with a bare face like right over yes. his face I love that I shot of Yorick that. yeah because he looks really funny it's just like his head he just does. hovering over it's so great it is really great. Just before, while we're finishing off Will and Will and Lyra's storyline, because we've had him cutting through to the world of that, the only thing we've missed is that Balthamos pops back. Yes. Balthamos pops back for a seemingly very quick visit that you're just a bit like, why? But just just a little high and by. Yeah, high and by. <laughs> just to let him know that he's watching over. I wonder if that'll come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I love that. Lyra feels more like Lyra to me here when she introduces herself straight away and then like just goes to like touch his wings. Yeah, <laughs> just straight away. She's like, are you 
It's like an angel. Yes, yes I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy her just like going around and just immediately trying to touch him. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, a new fantasy friend for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just like, I've got a bear, I've got a witch, now I've got an angel. Yes, she's collecting the whole set. She is. <laughs> like Pokemon. Yes. Okay, shall we... Should we talk about the big one? Should we talk about Coulter and Asriel? This episode is the Masriel episode. Honestly, truly. Oh my word. Good lord. <laughs> this is the most of them we've ever got, and my fucking god, I've never seen anything sexually intense in my entire life <laughs> i mean are we just gonna cut straight to the chase i talk about the, the spit and choke uh, the spit and choke. <laughs> because that's all i could write in my notes was the spit the choke oh my god honestly when we first saw that i we were both like oh god like literally oh I my god believe it the uh, the tension between the two of them and Honestly, there's so many things between them that hint at their respective kinks. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, like Asriel fully has like a control kink, 100%. Mm-hmm. He's such a show off as well. He's such a show like, off. Like just so into showing off his toys. You're like, yes, Ugh. very much so. He's also very much trying to downplay his level of simpiness for marissa which yeah. does come out quite a few times in this episode he- when a gunway calls him out on it and yeah. he's just kind of like that's not the question i was asking you and yeah. you're like yeah but you got called out good and proper yeah. like you couldn't resist mm-hmm. she would have you under her heel in no time oh 100 <laughs> i think like these two do a fucking phenomenal job in this episode the spit and jerk is just mm-hmm. ridiculous the writers knew what they were fucking doing there <laughs> the audacity the audacity truly um i think that asriel has a really perfect line when he chokes her and she says get your hands off me he says why can't you just be who i want you to be and i think that line that is honestly the most perfect asriel line like that's just mm-hmm. classic asriel to be i can't control you and because of that I am like a flustered mess because I don't know what the fuck to do because I can control everyone else, but I can't control you. It's like he saw her as a challenge that he could master and Mm -hmm. he's mastered every other challenge he's ever faced. So he just assumed, oh, this is fun. I like someone that's a challenge. And then when he couldn't actually... Mm-hmm. like complete the challenge yeah he, he he's like why why won't you just let me win yeah why won't you just let me win and it's like because you don't get to win all the time mate and because that's mrs fucking coulter yeah so, mm, exactly <laughs> they both definitely have some experience with bondage 100 percent. when he's doing it tying her up a little bit and she has like a little eyebrow raise when he's like cuffs her to the chair or whatever he does yeah. and it's just like she's mm-hmm. like you're enjoying this aren't you still the same man They've definitely, you know, yes. they've done some of that stuff. <laughs> I think, not that, just to talk about the the sexual relationship between the two of these, I struggle to think how they would work in the bedroom. Do you think that she doms him and that he absolutely. just... Absolutely, he pretends like yes. he does, but yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. No, yeah. oh, mm, are they both quite switchy? No, because I don't think she'd ever, I don't know. I don't think she's ever. she'd ever sub. no. I think he try. I think he's a. I think he's a bossy bottom. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. 
I think he tries. Mm. I think he tries to get the upper hand and never ever does. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. And then that's why he desperately tries to have the upper hand in their like non-sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And he, he's just clawing for that and he also can't get a hold on that either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Just ugh, ridiculous. Yeah. They have... Um, there's an interesting moment between the two of them that kind of echoed Asriel and Stelle in the last episode. So Asriel does this whole thing like calling Lyra a wretched girl. She's caused so much fuss. And then Coulter calls him out saying, basically she says like she knows him and she knows he's lying. And it's very similar to what Stelle said in the last episode when she was telling him to tell Mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah, definitely. He's Mm -hmm. very quick to downplay Lyra. And the way that Coulter is just like, you don't know what she, it like. If I was Mrs. Coulter, I would find it so fucking frustrating talking to him because she's trying to be like, it doesn't matter whether the prophecy is true or not. Mm -hmm. All of these people believe it to be true and therefore our child is in danger. It doesn't matter whether you think it is true or not. What you think has literally nothing to do with the safety of our child and your responsibility to try and say and like protect her. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't get it. You can see he just doesn't get it. And you're like, oh, I would just want to shake him. I could, I can't. Yeah. It's it's really frustrating. It's also, he, he like, there's so much going on in, inside this man. Because when she says that Lyra's, there's two, I guess this is, there's two things to list. When he says that Lyra's birth, when, sorry, when Mrs. Coulter says that Lyra's birth was an embarrassment, he's like, what the fuck? How can a child we made be an embarrassment? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, number one, you fucking went, like, you didn't go through the shit that I went through when I had to give birth to this child through an affair and then you fucking murdered my husband (laughs) like yeah just like actually i think you'll find that the patriarchy was on your side in this one so you cannot and do not understand the shame that i was made to feel as a woman in this society yeah and he just completely blind to it yeah offended that she would be ashamed of that Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time refusing to take any pride or responsibility in this child that he's annoyed at her for being ashamed of initially exactly exactly like what the fuck it's such a hypocrite such a hypocrite and also it it's so funny when mrs colter's talking about her achievements and you could just he's just stood in the corner like just like he can't can barely contain himself i'm like calm down asriel calm the fuck down yes yeah and she's like i've sat at a table with priests and high clerics and all this kind of thing and just is that when she's um trying to convince the asriel gang that she should stay yeah 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 i like that and when he when he's like oh this is just my counsel i'm not in charge and she's like who are you fucking kidding of course you're in charge yeah like oh i love how she calls him out on his shit he's pretending to be benevolent pretending to be like oh this is a council we're all equals here and it's like well it doesn't look like that to me yeah everyone is looking at you for their every move so obviously you're in charge here when she calls him out and says that he would make himself regent Mm -hmm. if he toppled like heaven and he's like absolutely not i definitely wouldn't i'm a very good man and she's like the bullshit i love it that whole bit is so great like the bit where he's he like gets on his high horse about being like i sat in the filth and the dirt and i gave up everything for this it's like fuck off also james mcavoy's delivery of which are are lines pretty much pulled straight from the book of before the spit and choke they're like uh the whole bit about like clucking and mother hen and all that kind of stuff the delivery of that is fucking amazing it's so good you could 
feel him relishing it because he knew it was basically word for word from the books. Yes. And you know he's a big fan of the books. So yeah. you could like feel it in the performance that he was like, yes, yeah. I get to say this line. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 100%. And it was fucking great. Like, oh, the delivery of it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He then shows off his fucking angel to Mrs. Coulter, like, Mommy, so look, Mommy, himself. look, you're not looking. It's very that energy. And then when very she's much. like disappeared, he look, he turns around like, <sighs> and she's not there and he's so butthurt about it. I love that so much because the build-up to the, sh- the showing off is so much. Like yeah. he introduces her to the angel at first and then he has his whole spiel and it's like, ha ha, I've turned your whole worldview on its head. I've told you that God isn't real. Ha 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 ha. Isn't all that horrible shit you did pointless now? And then expecting her to like crumble, mm-hmm. become loyal to him like everyone else whose worldview he's shattered, like all yeah. of this kind of thing. And she's just like, actually, I'm just going to steal your car. Yeah. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> I do enjoy the like, Similar to the books again, the little nod that they give to each other just before she goes uh, off mm. in the intention craft. I do like that a lot. Um, she makes him look like a right fool. She and I does. love it though. Because even though, because I think the nod was also his way of trying to regain any modicum Absolutely. of like, yeah. yeah, I'm on board with this and not just be stood with his pants down looking like a right idiot <laughs> because that is exactly what happened. <laughs> it really is. It's so great. Um, also, we have to obviously talk about everyone's beautiful God, everyone's beautiful everyone's beautiful everyone's special mm-hmm. we love it we love a season one callback i still don't really know what it means when he says those lines is he like trying to say that like no one's unique like everyone is all of these things is it when she she's saying it about the angel yeah. isn't she she's like yeah. he's beautiful he's like everyone's beautiful i think it's the same thing as saying like when he points out that the regent that is an angel that's been appointed to be the author- the new authority or the authority's regent, he says something there about being like, it might as well, you know, angels are just beings like the rest of us. It might as well be another human that's yeah. in this point of power. Like there's nothing special about yeah. them. So I think it's that same thing when she's like, oh, he's beautiful. He's like, everyone's beautiful. Like it's no, he's no different yeah. from all the other beings that you've encountered. There's nothing special. There's nothing more beautiful than this about the mm-hmm. other ones. But Again, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Everyone's beautiful. Everyone is beautiful. I'd love that to be his response to like everything. If you're like, yeah. oh, Asriel, this biscuit you've baked me is delicious. He's like, everything's, everything's delicious. delicious, you know. It just like completely nullifies any statement. You're like, oh, this music is, this this this, this tune's an absolute banger. He's like, everything's a banger. I love how they've done that with him. Because like, if you look at that, my immediate look at that line if i'd seen it written down and not seen it delivered would be oh what a positive man he is everyone's Mm -hmm. beautiful everyone's special how lovely but the delivery of it is that well you know if everyone's special then no one's special if everyone's beautiful Mm -hmm. then no one's beautiful you know what i mean and i do like the delivery of it for sure yeah definitely yeah do do we have anything else to say about Azrael and Coulter other than that Ruth Wilson and James McAvoy should win all the awards? Uh, they should win all the awards. Absolutely astounding. Mm-hmm. Bloody loved it. Uh, the only other interaction that kind of happens within that is when we bring in some other people into the mix with Azrael and Coulter and the tension between Ruth Scardi and Mrs. Coulter oh, yes. is so much. It's very much we've both fucked the same guy energy. <laughs> yeah. Ruta is so like, 
she's so like wary of Mrs. Coulter. Again, we know that it's because she's tortured witches and they have this whole conversation where like Ruta like stomps in and says to Asriel, like you've brought her here. Yeah. And like, I love that interaction mm-hmm. of like, you know that to my people, she is a war criminal yeah. basically. Yeah. Like she is the worst of the worst. You know what she's done to my people. So why are you bringing her? Why are you trying to raise her up and put her on the same level as me? Yeah. And so that is great. And then when when they all kind of reluctantly agree and Ruta agrees on behalf of Lyra for Mrs. Coulter, like they reluctantly agree. And then Ruta has to interact with Mrs. Coulter being smug while she's looking over the intention craft schemes. And Ruta's just like, I know you're full of shit. Yeah. Like, I know you are. Mm-hmm. Just, ugh. Yeah. Love it. I do enjoy uh, like Ruta's little laugh when she's looking over those plans and Mrs. Coulter's yes. like, do you know where I can find these intention crafts she's just like huh and she like walks off it's so good yes uh, also um we had kind of mentioned this when we saw the episodes but jada nuka did confirm on instagram that she was pregnant while she was filming uh, uh so yeah, yeah she's yes. pregnant i, I love that nice. i love yeah. that that they like because like they don't really hide it in a costuming like they haven't tried to Obviously, she wears dark colours anyway, so that does kind of naturally hide stuff like that. But they haven't tried to, like, hide her pregnancy, and I enjoy that because it's like, you know, she's just a pregnant character, but it's not really mentioned. Yeah, they've not got her, like, sitting behind a desk or holding a folder all the time or anything like that. Like, they've done... They've just gone, yep, this is just a fact. And I also feel like for witches, it's probably just, like, a really like a powerful place to be as a witch i think mm-hmm. and so like if anything it adds it adds to her power and like they've not deliberately accentuated it but they've definitely not hidden it and that's so great yes absolutely ruta and a gunway have a lovely little moment where they have a little yes. chat and i just want to keep an eye on those moments mm-hmm. because i feel like there's a really nice energy between them <laughs> there definitely is there definitely is and a mm-hmm. great energy between them i love that they're using more of ruta in the season so far because we actually don't really see that much of her we haven't yet anyway in the place that we're up to in the amber spyglass so it's really nice um to see her for sure um yeah. and we haven't seen seraphine yet have we we haven't mm. interesting, interesting. Yeah. and the only other person who we have had scenes with in this episode but we have not spoken about is speaking of failure father president mcphail oh. and his really oh, intense gosh little scenes where he's mostly talking about murdering Lyra. Honestly. And I still can't get over the fa- the part of my brain that knows that Will Keane, who plays Father President McPhail, is Daphne Keane's dad. Yeah. And it's just the fact that he's just playing a character that is obsessed with murdering his daughter. <laughs> um, I mean, love it, love it. He has this little moment, though, in one of the scenes where he's praying really fervently. Yeah. And he says something like, why can't I hear you? Or yes. where have you gone? Yes. And that's like a really, that's around the same time that Mrs. Coulter like learns that God doesn't exist. And you're like, is he having the same doubts? And his just like, yeah, intensity. And we have the whole bit with Dr. Coops. Dr. Coops Coops is back. So I'm really conflicted about Dr. Cooper because she is like a right wet fart. And I'm mad about what she did at Bolvanger. But also seeing her like cowering from McPhail like makes me feel for her. Mm-hmm. Mm. it shows how intense and creepy he's getting as like or the power that he wields in his position because she definitely wouldn't have looked twice at him no when he was just father mcphail no like he, I, I i mean and i say this with love for will Keane, but i fucking hate mcphail like 
the way that he plays him is amazing. Like he's so horrifically like jittery and on edge this season, but in a really like creepy, threatening way, threatening way, and I hate it. It's just awful. Ugh, gross. Yeah, yeah. The way that when because the way that people are so on edge around him Mm. is so perfect as well to add to that because when he's asking her about her experiments and kind of like he's asking her about the experiment and she's like answering his questions but trying really hard to deflect anything that could be seen as heresy onto other people Mm -hmm. and then he's like oh I don't give a shit about heresy anymore I want you to build me a bomb and it's like what (laughs) and she's clearly like what and he's like oh and just in case you weren't sure you can't leave the premises you are a prisoner being forced to build this and it's like okay his obsession has overtaken his religion i guess his religious beliefs mm-hmm. he's just now just completely obsessed with murdering lyra it's kind of a bit like well do you even give a shit why you're killing her anymore do you are you actually in for that cause or do you just want you're so yeah you're so obsessed with and fixated on it that you just want it to happen now and he's um he's fixated on this concept of like building a new eden mm-hmm. and like preserving a new eden which is very like very creepy, very religious zealoty, like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a comment from one of our patrons on the Discord asking about uh, Dr. Cooper's burns. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting because they don't mention it at all, mm-hmm. particularly in the episode. But I think Dr. Cooper was one of the people in the room when Lyra exploded the severing machine. Yes. So that's probably where that came from. And I yeah. guess Father McPhail kind of references it when he says something about her sacrifices yeah. um, for the cause. But yeah, yeah, I guess I just assumed that she got them from a yeah. manga. And the poor little fox demon oh. when he's like... Yeah, Bless yeah, him. very sweet. Mm. Speaking of Bolvanger, there was a line from Asriel to Coulter about like torturing the children. Mm-hmm. To do, and the way that she looks at him like as if you've never murdered a child yeah. for the sake of science... Well, when Lyra and Will are arguing, yeah. and Lyra is literally like, he murdered my friend, Roger was in a cage. Yeah. That was so guttural and yeah. really reminded me how much I fucking hate Asriel for killing yeah. Roger. Yeah. Just just needed to point that out. That yeah. was a great line. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. It was a great line. And I think as well when Asriel's talking to the angel about how, oh, like, I've harnessed us, but Marissa's also done it. And he's like, saying it in a like look at her i'm so proud of her kind of thing and she's like Mm. the like look on her face which is just like she obviously i mean in that moment it seems like she regrets what she did at bolvanga and he's using it as a like oh my god look how cool she is do you know what i mean like she she harnessed us and i harnessed it as well like fuck off yeah weirdly like taking credit for her Mm. accomplishments but not the brutality that she used to achieve them and it's like yeah "Mm, don't think you can do that mate yeah yeah exactly i love this episode because it's been such a fuck you as real episode oh 100 100 it really has also we have to find out jenny our pal jenny owen young's messaged us and asked if we could find out if uh, what jumper Asriel is wearing like the blue speckled one um mm-hmm. so if we were hoping to speak to caroline mccall the costume designer so jenny we will ask her for you we will yeah some great great outfit oh my god speaking of costumes mm. let's have a little costume moment mm-hmm. for the fact that Asriel has 
fatigues lying around in Mrs. Coulter's size, perfectly fitted to her measurements. When he hands her the clothes and she's just like, ugh. And then she puts them on and she looks fucking fantastic. She makes them look good, 100%. He was doing that to embarrass her and she actually looks fucking amazing in them. Mm -hmm. So great. Either that or he's just always, because he's so desperate for her, always got a Coulter wardrobe (laughs) with him at all times, just like Boreal did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just brilliant. Yeah. I did this last episode, but just shout out to Daphne's outfit, uh, to Lyra's outfit. I fucking love it. Love those trousers. The tank top, the trousers, the trousers are excellent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't think I'd see many of the new outfits. No, I don't think so. No. It's just, as always, Mrs. Coulter, star of the show when it comes to fashion. And Asriel's, he's trying to get in there with the cosy jumpers, you know? For sure. Uh Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, do we get any new, we don't get any new sets. I guess we get the place where Lyra and Will are. Um, yeah, the uh, very flat plain with mm. some very conveniently flat stones and tree branches for Galavespians to stand yes. on. Yes. <laughs> some very straight tree branches. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it gives like Silent Hill vibes with like, they're like, whatever the floor's curtain in reminds me of like Ash. Mm. Um, I guess we step into the land of the dead for realsies and not yes. just for dreamsies this time. <laughs> True. Um, True. Yeah, and just the whole lab in which the intention craft is being built in is mm-hmm. a very cool set. I quite like that. I don't know if we spend much time there in other episodes, but mm-hmm. the whole scene with Asriel and Coulter being on the steps of the intention craft and like mm-hmm. around it was really cool because it meant that you got to see the craft as like a really cool set piece, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I love that the Land of the Dead is really windy. Yeah. I thought that was a... And like they're having to shout to each other is a... Just a nice addition to how uneasy it feels there. And the, the last line of the episode is Pan saying, Lyra, wait. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so done. <laughs> also, I guess I guess that's not actually the land of the dead, is it? It's, I guess it's the suburbs of the dead, like yeah. in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, uh, no thanks on that line. They're really hamming that up, all the like Pan lines. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here for it though. Like, mm. I'm a sucker for getting my heart broken deliberately. So oh, me just too. Just do it. Me too. Like, line me up. Sucker punch me in like two episodes time. I'm yeah. here. I'm ready. Mm, I can't bloody wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. One of my notes is just, oh, how kind. Uh, oh, just oh, all the good call to lines got yes. written down. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think we are ready for the next episode. That's Absolutely. For sure. What's the next one called? Is it Lyra and her death? It is. Yeah. It sure is. Nice. That'll be a fun one. Lots of yeah. laughs. I do love how they have made sure all of the episode titles are the same as book chapter titles. Yes. It's really nice. It like seats you really nicely. And this mm-hmm. is what's happening in the books when this is happening in the TV show. It's like, nice, nice. Yeah, for I like sure. I do like that as well. They've Have they done that throughout the entire... I remember one in season two being called Malice, which is definitely not a chapter yes. title. But I think most of the time they are. Yeah, I think I, all but maybe that one have yeah. been, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, very nice. To the next one. <laughs> to the next one. Sorry, I was laughing when you said very nice. I just immediately thought you were going to do a Borat impression. <laughs> no. no. And no. I won't. <laughs> and, and I shan't. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Herd Art Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HDMPod. And you can email us at herdartmaterialspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Rich. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm Faye, and when I'm not talking about the old spit and chirk, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into You Pod. I'm Rachel, and when I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks about Mrs. Coulter crushing Asriel's fragile ego, I'm making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at RachMakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes, and over in my online shop, RachMakes.co.uk. A huge thanks as always to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings. And we'll see you in a week's time, and don't forget, keep telling stories, and all will be well. a Masriel episode that was <laughs> truly <laughs>